0: The Shepherd in the Shrink podcast can only happen with your support. Please go to patreon.com, search for the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast, and find all kinds of cool stuff that we have in store for you. I think that we know ourselves in relation with others. We can't know ourselves if we're alone. If we're a hermit, we don't know ourselves, or we know very, very, very little about ourselves.
1: You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast.
0: Good afternoon, Matt. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I never know if I'm in the dark. I don't know if it's morning or...
1: The days and the nights run together. We just have to have a greeting that works for everything. I know. know It's a little crazy. St. Patrick's Day only works one day a year.
0: That's right. So today, I'm very, very happy that Pastor John Reed has agreed to come on the show and talk about mental health in the church and many other things. So welcome, John. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Very much my pleasure. So, what I was hoping that we could start with is what's the state of mental health in the church? And that's a kind of a vague question. Let me put it this way When I came to the faith, I was astounded at the mental health and physical and just transformation that met objectives that my field works to achieve more peace right? Less negative, fewer negative emotions, more hope, right? Those things, I was wondering, why was I not exposed to that part? Because that seems to be the best part of the thing. Maybe not the best part, but boy, that's a great thing to sell.
2: I honestly think that is the best part. Jesus said, according to John, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I come that you have a full and rich and satisfying life and abundant life is what one of the the main translations of it is, and uh, I think that's what, I mean, it starts right then. Certainly, it's eternal life, but it starts then, when you start that, And, and that's part of that abundance, is the way we share together, the way we encourage one another, the way God encourages us through his word. All of those things are just so important.
1: You know, that's a great point, John, that you bring up in terms of abundant life. It's like our eternal life has begun, and I read C.S. Lewis quote that said, as Christ followers, we don't have a soul as human beings, we don't have a soul, we are a soul that has a body. And the idea of this abundant life that Christ offers that doesn't mean you won't have problems. We have abundant oh, sure. life when we have problems. We have abundant life when we are feeling down. We have abundant life when things are going well. And the abundant life is is separate or are added into our life, however it's going in whatever season of life we're in. There's an abundance to be had in Jesus, I think, is a, a great way to say it. And psychologically, it would be interesting to hear how Marty reflects on that when we talk about that.
2: So, yeah, it would be interesting to hear what Marty has to say about that, and I think that's just the the biggest thing about he looks at people that are in the church or did look sort of from the outside looking in or as he as he joined the club, so to speak, and he said, "Man, these people are there's I, hopefully he saw joy and love and peace and and all of those things when he was welcomed into whatever fellowship I mean, those are the things that Jesus taught us should. Exemplifies to others, but that, that, that was a huge benefit for us as well as being part of that fellowship.
1: You know, that's a really huge thing that I don't know how much psychology talks about that, but the idea of fellowship. And in, in the New Testament, there's a Greek word for it, starting with a K, koinonia, K-O-I-N-E-N-I-A, koinonia. And it's this fellowship that we are brought together because, you know, we believe in God, three per, three in one the trinity and the holy spirit is God with us who connects us Jesus says each of us is like one member of of the, the body of my body on earth and so all of us working together and, and the joy of the fellowship could be something that people maybe who are struggling are missing fellowship, especially in these times of electronic communications, these times of COVID, these times of social distancing, that there is a real missing part to that Jesus actually talked about, that I wonder how much, Marty, would you say, and then John, would you say people That you come in contact with, whether it's a patient of Marty's or somebody in John's life or connected with your ministry, John, for whom the missing piece, P-E-A-C-E or P-I-E-C-E, the missing piece, is this the idea of fellowship or friendship or the deeper friendship that I think becomes available when we put God first in our lives. Sorry, that was way too long of a question.
0: It wasn't actually, Matt, because you're going right in a a great direction right now. What is fellowship? What does it have as its power? Because I'll say this, I've been noticing this pattern in me recently, and this this started with the COVID lockdown. My mood, there are a couple of things that can like switch the mood from negative, neutral, negative to positive immediately. And one of them is a connection with another person even on the phone, I noticed that. So, you know, I've trained myself to pay attention to what's going on inside. You know what I mean? Put some attention there. I will notice immediately some type of energy comes up. I don't like that word energy, but, uh, you know, doesn't mean anything really, but a different feeling, a different experience, a more hopeful, a more, What do I say? Wholesome, I want to say almost. Do you know what I mean? Something like like, like that's very gratifying immediately. Do you know what I mean? I think that we know ourselves in relation with others. We can't know ourselves if we're alone. If we're a hermit, we don't know ourselves. Or we know very, very, very little about ourselves. What do you think about that idea? I think that's pretty darn
2: insightful right there. I think you're right. One of the things that I think we need to always remember, something that I always remember anyway, is right at the beginning of the Bible where, you know, God's telling us everything we need to know about him and about ourselves and all that. He says, and it seems to be evidence of this this community that God is, that kind of hard to understand, but three in one, try unity, you know. Um, And he says, let's let us make man in our own image. And I think that image is is a lot of things as far as being creative and things like that. But the first thing I think is to be in community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we take communion and that's one of the things that's, it's, it's kind of mystical, I know, but I feel like this, and I say it a lot when I serve communion would be that right now we're, Part of a community, not just with each other who's sharing at this table that the Lord invited, but that everyone who's doing that right now, because we tend to all kind of well, some people do it every week or every service, but we tend to a lot of us do it maybe the first Sunday in our service, and that kind of unites all those people. And if you can, if you can feel that in the way you were talking about feeling it when you meet someone on the street or you get the phone call and you have that connection. And then think about for the last 2,000 years, we're in community with, with, with all those folks that have come to the Lord's table and all that ever will. You know, isn't that just like really amazing? I think it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's life-giving even. That's what's amazing about it because we know that if we are isolated from each other for too long, we start to get sick and we can even die. So this is something... Part of being in God's image is God is the God of love. To the degree that we conform to that image, we will find all sorts of things take care of themselves. The pain of living, the stress, the worries, you know, to to just get into that space, that image of, of, of acknowledge that image, accept that image, live out that image of love. You've got, what, Matt, 90% of the battle's. Taken care of, isn't it? Maybe more. Maybe the entire battle is taken care of at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm.
0: the fir- That's what you told me early on. Just do the first two thing commandments. Everything else uh, you know, kind of takes care of itself. I forget how you said it, right? You only have to obey the first two or something like that. I think
1: I said, Jesus said the two main commandments of love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and then do whatever the heck you want.
0: <laughs> After that, because it all takes care of those self. two things. You got it covered. And, and this is something I'm struggling to tell people when they're interested is this. It's not a moral system. Too often it's talked about as a system of morality that can compete with other systems of morality. And it's it's not that at all. The morality will just take care of itself, do those two things, mm-hmm. and it, and it becomes clear, you know. Yeah, it
2: does. It does. And Jesus said, you know, all those other things will take care of themselves if you can do that. And that's the thing. Can you do that? Well, I don't know about Matt, but I've often stood in a pulpit and said, I've just told them to do something that I don't even do very well myself and that they can't do on their own. Right. And so we always, I always feel like I have to throw that in there. Oh, by the way, I'm not saying that you need to feel poorly or that you don't measure up because guess what? Only one person ever born measured up yeah. to those to those moral laws. But with his help and the Holy Spirit that he sends to indwell us and and are we perfect? No, I, I think Paul even said he wasn't perfect. You sure. know, what I mean some controversy over that that passage, but not a lot, I don't think, amongst most people that I know that that Paul was even saying, "Yeah, this is tough."
0: I want to get, drill down into that because I didn't understand that there was that much controversy around that. I'd like to know what that is because we're talking about where he, where he was struggling. You know, thinking aloud, writing aloud, to say, "Why do I do the things? I don't want to do these things. Why do I do them? You know, these these bad things that I don't want to do." Is that, is that what we're talking about?
2: He he uses a lot in his letters techniques like diatribe and rhetorical questions Mm -hmm. and there are folks who think that he's talking as someone else Mm. in that situation because well he's paul and he's i guess i don't know and i'm not prepared to actually like like you said drill too far down into that right now but i just i know that there's that that controversy there that he's not saying that if you're some people say he's not saying that if you're really saved it's going to be a problem for you he's talking about somebody else not himself Mm -hmm. and. I don't buy
0: that. I don't think he is. I don't think he is either because I think he warned them against thinking of him him like that. You know, I'm talking about Matt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One
0: says he follows Apollos. One says he he didn't want any part of that. I think he wanted us to see his humanity because he wanted us to know how hard it is and that in our strength is in our weakness. I mean, when you get humbled, like I've been humbled before and, and being humbled right now, there's no place else to go, but God, you know, that's about yeah. it.
1: And and that ties back to this communion, this community, this unity, this God saying, let us make humanity in our image. Like Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the original family. It wasn't Adam and Eve, they were in God's image. And this love that exists in God himself is the kind of love that God can't help but overflow into our lives. And I think the idea of community and there is a spiritual component to it and people experience some of it when everybody's cheering for University of Michigan, you Mm -hmm. know, there's this wave that kind of, you just feel like joining in on, but of course, then you get in the parking lot and everybody's mad these days.
0: Half, (laughs) half are mad unless it's a tie and then everybody's mad.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But there's, there's this everlasting nature to it. When God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. How much if we could let that settle in and when it comes to preaching and I'd be interested to hear John, how, how you kind of craft what you're working on. But for me, I, I say to people sometimes, well, they say, preach what you need to hear. Preach. Yeah. So I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching,
2: I um I often do that. I guess as as far as texts, my favorite thing is to just take a book of the Bible and start at the beginning and go through, and you know start with the here's what John or Peter or Paul or whoever wrote this mm-hmm. was trying to do with this book, and then just go through it. Because one of the things I like about that is that when we get to the tough topics, I'm not hopefully I'm not perceived as 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 beating or whipping my hobby horse for this particular thing, right? This is, it just came up. Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about this week. Mm -hmm. One thing that's just, I think is super cool. And this has happened to me, I don't know, in the tens of times anyway, where something is happening in the news or whatever. And then your passage that week somehow lined right up with that. And and the, the scripture's, addressing that issue, whatever it is. But yeah, I, one of the first things that I look at is, is as I'm saying, now, uh, where do I start with this? What do I say about this? How do I lead into this? we often uh, an outline that I use is called problem prescription promise. Mm. So when I'm thinking, what's the problem here that this is highlighting thinking about me first and and also I think I have probably a sort of a representative sample of the the people that I'm going to be speaking to as well because I want to be thinking all the time about how will somebody like this respond to what I just said as I'm writing my um my manuscript Yeah. No, do I need to make that a little softer or a little more direct or whatever it is
1: I love that. And I would be curious, Marty, as you think about coming along people in counseling and as a psychologist, problem, prescription, promise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You need a diagnosis and the diagnosis is there to formulate the focus of the treatment. So it all, all kind of works together in a similar way, doesn't it? What is the problem though? I mean, th- I struggle with this all the time. What is like, like, look, it's not like the church isn't growing. It is. But something's happening in our culture. So it's right in front of me that makes me wonder why are we not? I'm gonna be right out there. Like, look, psychology is very important. Okay. We treat symptoms and we get, you know, plenty of people benefit. There's no question about it. That's why it gets reimbursed. But there's this other level of human existence that we have to satisfy that's not being satisfied. And that's off. That's that's the thing above in the hierarchy. Right. You can still have, you know, good health and all that sort of thing. And then something can still be missing that that that's that that spiritual realm. What is it about our culture right now that we're we almost can't see it? When I say we, I'm seeing a lot of people. I'm not saying, you know, Mm -hmm. the the followers. Right. Your brother, Gary, the barber. Right. Yeah. I knew something was different. I knew him in my 20s because I I lived in Chelsea, an apartment right across. So he cut my hair. I knew there was something different about him. He's just too nice, but it wasn't, but it was real. Cause there are these kind of, you know, fake nice kind of guys, but just, man, he just had, uh, I'm sure he has his moments, but just, I, I didn't see the ups and downs always had that you know, the, the words he selected were, I wouldn't say insp- he wasn't trying to inspire anybody, but they seemed inspirational just because of what a good mood the guy is, as he cuts hair, you know, and just gentle and kind. That's a Christian transformation where we'll know, they'll know it's by our love, right? Because that's showing love as oh, well. yeah. that? What's interfering with that in our church? Why are we not as good at, at it as we should be? Jordan Peterson was just in a podcast with someone and he and he mentioned that, but I think Jonathan Pazio, if somebody wants to look it up, you know, Peterson's very analytic about this. And he, he's saying, why is it not doing a better job? It's so powerful, this stuff. What is impeding it? Is that that a clear question? Yeah. For me, I think the
2: thing that impedes every kind of progress, but especially the most important thing, our relationship with God, even before with each other as as followers of God and all that, is that we don't really want that, right? I mean, we just really don't want to give up me and what I want. I mean, it's all over the Bible. Flood came because God saw that every thought and desire of their hearts was evil all the time. And then there's a couple of Psalms that Paul quotes in, in Romans 3:10 through, I don't know, I think it goes through about 16, but 3, 10 through 12 says, there's no one righteous, not one. Mm-hmm. There's no one who seeks after God all day long. They, they tell themselves God isn't looking and you know what God is. And we all kind of have that feeling at least that he is, but we, we, we'd rather have all the benefits without Turning ourselves over to Him. I mean, that's just what the Bible says. That's that's what our what our problem is. I mean, when you get right to the root of it, and I think that even in the church, there are many people who would rather have some sort of a religion on their own terms that makes them feel like they're they're moral and that they do good things for the community and these, this and that, without giving in mm-hmm. and. experiencing the thing is, is you talked about a transformation and sometimes I always say kind of as a joke that sometimes he's that guy, my brother, that he's just always so irrepressibly upbeat that sometimes you just want to smack that look (laughs) off his face. Right. Right. And it's just a joke, but.
0: I know (laughs) (laughs) you're not matching my mood right now, Gary, you're not matching my mood. (laughs) Right.
2: Exactly. But, but that's like, uh, if you just knew us, when I mean, it's not like we were bad guys, but he got me a job in the in the sawmill. I worked in the sawmill for 25 years, and we were, you know, whatever you might imagine those pe- kind of people are—lumbermen and stuff—and not.
1: I think that what you're saying is so right on. And there is this deep-seated nature that we just can't out-educate ourselves from. We can't out-inspire ourselves from. We, it is what I think. What God is offering us is alien to us we couldn't invent it we couldn't erupt it from within mm-hmm. deep within ourselves just be true to yourself if i were true to myself i'd be dead right now, mm-hmm. now. or you'd be
0: dead amen to that <laughs> if i was true to myself you'd be
1: dead are <laughs> you scary bring it <laughs> <laughs> and that's but that's <laughs> i think why why they talk about church history and in the scripture too it talks about the sin of pride yeah. What oh, yeah. Downfall of all humanity. And it's that it's this idea that we can't, we can't get beyond this, this self focus. And it doesn't mean you hate yourself. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And yet that thing down there, and we all, like you said, John, we try to craft a system of belief around that and what i right. want, how i want to live it out and it's still all about me me mine and and it is once you is. learn to let go of that it opens up in every area of my life in leadership and organization and reaching out to other people and in, in goals that i want to set it it just changes everything
0: Matt, you said something that I never heard it put that way. And I agree with it. What we seek, and this is exactly the experience I had. It is outside of us. I had the sense of, oh, the good is outside of me. I just didn't know it. I, I I know so little about what good is and to be a good person. I was under the illusion that I w- was better than I was even, right? Because there's a, a lot. Le- and we would walk on the trail first couple of years or something. And I don't know how you didn't check me on this or what you even thought. But I remember telling you like, what am I missing? I don't really feel like I'm sinning. Remember? I would say that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, you know, and then later as you get deeper into this and you realize how good Christ is and how good it can actually be and that, what perfect love could be like that. Then you start seeing, Oh yeah, you, you sin. They're just different. You know, you're, you're not even close to that. Don't, don't even think you're getting that close. You better humble yourself or you'll miss the whole thing.
1: (laughs) You know, new verse that's kind of really come on my radar is from Romans. And it talks about we are God loved us with a kindness that leads to repentance. And I think one of the struggles is sometimes we're just not very kind. And we think if I'm kind to somebody, that means that I'm condoning what they're doing or I'm condoning the way they think about God or the world or me or anybody. When what God has shown us, what God has shown me Is in the power of his kindness that broke me, you know, back in college, like in a whole new way. The kindness of God, the love of God, when I had run off, when I was completely ignoring, when I was really angry, when I was hating God, hating myself. And in the midst of that, the kindness of God kept pursuing me. And Paul writes to the Christ followers in Rome it's the kindness of God that we're called to show one another. And he says that kindness actually can lead to repentance, which is turning from yourself toward God.
0: So, so that's I miss that man. I I miss that man because that's exactly what it was. My experience, the transformational experience, was that feeling of, I mean, there, there's it has to be a stronger word than even kindness because that's what it was—just this unconditional love, grace. As unconditional love, perfect acceptance, no question about it, and then knowing that you have to turn away at that point. You've seen it. You mm-hmm. felt it, right? And we talked about repentance last time. We probably don't need to get too too much into that, but people can hear that on a, an episode or two ago about what it actually means. Uh, uh, repentance as as transformation. And it comes down to that, doesn't it? Just to, to be a good, goodness, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Here's, that, here's what the verse is. It's Romans chapter two. And it's interesting because it's talking about judgment, which is one of the things that the church in North America especially gets accused of. Mm-hmm. So it starts out in Romans chapter two. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other person, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Then he says this, now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them, yet you do the same things, do you think you're going to escape God's judgment? And by judgment, I don't think that means like picturing a judge in a big black robe and a white wig or something. But I think God's judgment is he judges us mercifully. Mm -hmm. And then he says this, or do you show contempt for the riches of God's kindness or tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. So the idea is the power of kindness. It may be what's missing from some of our messaging, from some mm-hmm. of our lives, from some of our words. We just want to be right. We don't want to be kind. You, yes. know,
2: you find That's it a lot, don't you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm probably as guilty of it as a lot of other people.
1: I think that's why it's in the Bible, because it was an issue that they were dealing with then. I heard the greatest quote years ago, eight years ago, and it came up on my feed again as a memory. And it said this, the Bible is not about what happened. The Bible is about what always happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the way to to understand it Mm. and make it relevant because these are patterns of reality and pattern will repeat. That's what I noticed. Like, so, so it really came to life to me because I could see, Oh, these are the patterns I could see it. You know, I wouldn't, I came to it fresh enough to, to, to realize like, Oh my gosh, that's right. I see this. I see this in me. I see it out there. Same story, right? Same problems. But that's why I think that this is the, this is spiritual warfare. Now when, when, there was somebody early on that used to always talk about spiritual warfare and And I was like, ah, all right, I don't know what you're talking about exactly because I'm in love, you know, it's bliss and all that kind of stuff. Didn't realize what the attacks look like because they're spiritual attacks and they come in very subtly and you're being attacked for a while before you realize that you're even under attack.
2: That's right. It happens a lot. I don't know. For me, What Matt just read is just so amazing. Like, don't tell yourself you're so good because you do the same things. And and I guess for me, my all time sort of just blows my mind verse in the whole Bible comes from Romans 2 and not from Romans 2, but also, and it's Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that whole passage around that up from, you know, 5, 5 or so up to five, ten, or 12. Talks about how Matt just said it a little while ago, and I remember a little old lady in a class that I used to lead, and she hated it. She'd just get this look on her face because she didn't remember a time like that. But I would say, back when you hated God, or back when I hated God, because that's really what it says, is we were enemies mm-hmm. in that passage, and he went ahead and did what he did anyway. Just to say, this is... This is how I design things to be. And that's the start of this amazing way your life can, uh, I don't want to say like come to Christ and everything's going to be better, you know, like so many people are, you know, God wants you to be rich and famous and good looking and all that. And and like you said a little while ago, life's tough. You know, life still has all kinds of bad things happen and it's it's easier to face. And when, you know, God has said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you, and that you've experienced some of those benefits, and you understand where you were and who you were and what he did for you anyway. Yeah. And it's just real hard not to say you should or you ought to do this or that or the other thing, probably the same for a a shrink, I guess, as, as for shepherds from the pulpit. You know, you don't really want to do that, but sometimes... It is that way. You have to say you should or whatever, but I like to, that's why that one outline form ends on promise because you always want to show something positive for it and not say, you know, if you do this, you're a horrible person. So don't do that. You ought to do this. Mm -hmm.
0: That's interesting to me because I'm wondering like, are, are we clear about what we're doing as a body? Like, like I've had a couple of doing thoughts like, okay, we are the body of Christ. And and so different body parts have different functions. And so you have different emphasis, right? But the ultimate goal, you know, and I'm not talking about just the eschaton, I'm talking about what's the ultimate goal that I can execute on today? What am I trying to do with this Christianity? And and I wonder if we surveyed if people would have a ready to go answer
2: to that. Probably not. I, it t- There's I had a, to a lot of different ways to look at it. I know that, you know, I think that my answer for that question is is pretty on the money, but I, I don't know. You know, I mean, we all think that. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Let's as you it. go, make disciples. And or go into the world and make all disciples. But it kind of means as you go. It doesn't mean this is for pastors and, and the people that go to Africa and Asia, going sent as missionaries, ordained people. We're all disciples. Same as, as Peter and john and the rest and disciples the main thing they do is they make other disciples that look like them who make other disciples that look like them and so on and so on and so on on, for two thousand years now and and that's the last thing he said like like not dying words but let's say you were with your grandfather when he died and he said grabbed you and brought you right up and he had something to say to you you would think that was pretty important Right? right that was the last thing that jesus said to his disciples and that includes me
0: i'm gonna agree with that but the next step because to me to some of us who are thick we're hearing okay now go out and win this game okay i want to win the game i want to win. how how do we do that okay so will you have an answer to that because a lot of people think i'll just repeat what i heard and then that, that i did my job and we'll see if it takes or not you know throw some mud at the wall i think through, I did, this is my thought, just through my study so far, what I'm learning is this, the most powerful, the most powerful testimonial is that you show up Christ-like, that we become oh, sure. Christ-like. So then they can see it just like Christ came down to us to show us what the good is because we couldn't even imagine the good on that level. So what we do is we, it's theosis that our struggle, right? And I mean that in a good way, is to be more, to forgive everybody. To be kind to everybody. Impossible to not screw this up, but this is what you do when you get out of bed. Study Christ so you understand his nature, his ways, how he will respond. Practice through the disciplines and thinking over and over like like Christ did. I mean some so it's less of what we say and much more about what we do than we can say. Absolutely. Yes.
2: How did he make disciples? They walked with him for two and a half years and he showed them what he did. He modeled the fact that he didn't make any important decision. This is something that just happens to have popped into my mind. But the day before, he decided who the, the 12, the apostles were, which it probably already was decided, right? But he spent that whole night up on a mountain by himself yeah. doing what? Praying. Yeah. Until the third watch of the morning. It says it's 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. He prayed. And, and I'm not saying everybody needs to do that all the time, but maybe if you have some big decisions, maybe some fasting and prayer mm-hmm. will get you closer to God. And he certainly also exhibited that, that way of, that, that Paul wrote about of pray without ceasing mm-hmm. and, and, and just sort of small prayers. I mean, not small in the way, for instance, Lazarus, before he said, Lazarus, come out here. He just looked to the heavens letting people know that he was asking God to get behind what he was doing and to give him the power to do that. Right. And, and there are many, many other examples of both of those things. Right. And so prayer, super important. And then what you said, knowing Christ, well, how do you know him and how does God speak to you when you've spoken to him in prayer through the word? So those are two, the two first things, the, the legs that you have to stand in my view. Yes. And From there, then it's getting an accurate picture of who seems kind of silly that just popped in my head, who Jesus is, but who the word of God says the word is, because the word calls him that, right? John especially calls him that right at the beginning of his gospel. But we need to know, and we need to teach other people to know who he says he is, not who we want him to be, right? And so those things... and, and Yes, the love's super important. But those first three things, for me personally, have to be there before I can teach you by the way I act, how that plays out in life. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, so the first three things are are, um, being in the Word, Scripture, reading. Is that what we're saying? And prayer. Prayer. And what was the third?
2: Concept of Christ. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, that's
1: so good. You know, one final thing that ties back to what when you talked about Romans 5, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And when we get to know Jesus, we see how he loved his enemies. We have, if I'm going to love my enemies, I have got to pray. I've got to reach out to something higher than myself. And I think in terms of mental health, as I think in terms of wounds that we've sustained from other people and from ourselves, for us to love our enemies, sometimes that means learning to love it myself. That means learning to care for, and I can love an enemy without subjecting myself to that person anymore. Mm-hmm. But if I don't learn to come around to loving them and finding the peace in that, there may not be the healing that I need in my life. You know, as I met with people and probably both you guys as well, that idea of Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, while we were still the enemy bowing down to other gods, doing any everything that we could to not pay attention to Christ or to harm his witness or whatever. And yet he still did all that for me. And what if we could turn that around? Maybe what you've talked about going into that, the the prayer that it takes to get there, the the understanding Jesus' example of by getting to know the word, the scripture reading, and getting to know the truth about who he was. That is that alien kind of, of love and kindness that, that maybe we need to go with.
0: Yeah, because what I'm seeing, <laughs> what I always saw a lot in the last few months with the, this political stuff, because politics is about power, right? That even a disagreement disqualifies you for my love. If you think differently, you having a different thought, which thoughts change, my thoughts change, they'll change again and things like that. But no, the relationship's over right now, you know, because you have a different thought. That's nothing like, you know, carrying a cross, being tormented, tortured to death, trying to make it up to where they're going to actually pound the nails in you and still having no hateful thoughts to the people doing that. And some of us can't get past just a, a, a disagreement on a political point or... You know, we have a long ways to go, some of us
1: mm-hmm. and the the what it's going to take to love somebody who sees things differently than us is, I think, where we're going to find the the peace and the health and the challenge that it's going to take to get us there.
0: so is it judgment then? So so one these are going to be the same old ones coming around looking different, aren't they? Judgment's going to come around. That's going to be the obstacle, right? It'll just look different. It'll be on a different point and, and sometimes. it's going to be resentment. Lies, right? You're going to say you love somebody and lie to yourself. And when you don't, because you haven't cultivated that through prayer and meditation, you're going to so much love your own ideas that you'll interpret without seeking counsel. Like I, we, I ask you all the time if I'm off and I, and I mean it too. I want to know, cause I don't want to, if I'm making a fool of myself by saying something wrong, I'd like that to stop. So if you, if you can correct me, I will and improve me in some way. I should be grateful. You know, these days, that's what I try to do and, and not take offense. If someone's trying to help me by correcting me, what do I know anyway? I mean, we're talking about eternity. We're talking about something incomprehensible. You know, we can't have too much certainty, right? That's powerful
1: stuff.
2: It is. Thank God for grace. Yeah. All so I can say, um, you talked about Jordan Peterson a little while ago, and I've seen some things recently, and some not so recently from him, that, that make me think, you know, he believes in God, but he hasn't quite got a handle on grace yet. And he said something along the lines of that he didn't like to say that he believed in Jesus or that he wanted to follow Jesus because and then, yeah, this is actually he you know he's kind of emotional about some things it actually has made him cry in a couple different yeah um, interviews where he said, just imagine trying to actually be like him and and if I say that I follow him and I don't do that and, and actually be like him and that's when he breaks down in tears and and, and it's like yeah, thank God for grace. I, I hope that somebody I pray for him every time I think about that. In fact, ever since I've I've seen that because he's a very influential man nowadays and, and I think he's on the ball with a lot of the things he says.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you seen him recently too? Yes. Yeah, so this new the new him because he suffered so tremendously. And I think that this is how God's work. and look, we're talking about like somebody we haven't ever met, but he's out there public, so that's what you do, right? I won't go into the details because that's not the the point, but like that family, it it was so juxtaposed the worldly success. And man, he had it in spades, you know, sold more books. A psychologist does not sell 30 million copies of a book, not since uh, Freud or somebody, you know, a long time ago to do that. This just doesn't happen. So he's got, he's on the world platform, mostly support does get attacked, all that kind of stuff. Wife gets seriously ill. He gets seriously, seriously ill, okay? Lots of suffering in in that family, okay? What has happened recently is his wife's faith stronger. He's focusing more and more on trying to figure this out. He wants it to be real, Hmm. is my feeling. Yes, he does he wants it to be real so badly that and and i'm seeing him move towards that and i kind of predicted that it, anyway because you don't mess around with the old testament books that are that hard to you know understand and comprehend and do lectures and sell out small auditoriums or big auditoriums even i guess they would be considered so i'm watching something happen publicly i'm watching god work through this man publicly and Matt you and I've been doing this for since he got on out on the radar just slightly before right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's that's an amazing thing to see but i'm curious about you though jack how did you come to the faith
2: well i i grew up in the faith um the church where i most recently was the pastor is where i was dedicated when i was a baby mm. clark lake community church was clark lake baptist church then it's it was always a Baptist Church, and I've always been a Baptist, but to keep the story from getting too long. My youngest brother died from muscular dystrophy when he was about nineteen. We found out when he was about five. I'm seven years older than him. I had a real crisis of faith at that moment, mm-hmm. and i I was praying and, and and all of that and and even like trying to bargain with God like why why can it be me instead of him? He's who has he ever done anything to that he deserves that? Made me when when nothing happened, kind of, it just kind of made me say, you know what? If that's who we are, I don't need that. And I walked away for decades. And and then I came to a place, of course, I wasn't world famous or anything like that, but I was the kind of person who physically, having been an athlete, football player, then worked in the sawmill and, and all those things, nothing was and it also mentally. It's actually kind of highly technical to do what I did to make mm-hmm. lumber out of logs. And so I was pretty full of myself. I felt like there was nothing that was behind me, either of those realms. And, and I gave myself the credit for that. I see now. And I ended up on a couple of different fronts over the years, broken down to nothing. There was a year when I got really sick, got fired from a job that I'd been on almost 25 years, because they needed to downsize, but also because I was sick. I was like the last one at job that needed to go. And both my dogs died. And then that sickness led to open heart surgery to replace a valve that was a birth defect. And, and in a lot of ways, that was the best year of my life, believe it or not, because and, and there's too many details to, to go into. But for at least a year, everything led me to being who I am now. Well, I mean, everything in your life leads you to who you are now, but I didn't have a job. So all of a sudden I was in a study program that other people said, we'll pay for that. The people that told me about it, we know you can't. And I went three years without having a, a real steady job and, and becoming, I guess, sometimes I still don't think I am, but becoming qualified to, to be a shepherd of a flock of, of God's people and so that's how kind of i got to where i am and and it was that same thing where i was very proud and i was knocked down to really death i mean to the point where i said to god one day as i and there was all kinds of ways where things would go through my head or whatever that would take me back i remember thinking about a certain thing and realizing that i'd been thinking about that a lot and then my Mind said to me, "What well, God's really laid that on your heart. And then I went, where did that come from? I haven't heard that in 20 years, mm-hmm. you know? And, and of course, where did it come from? God laid that on my heart. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's just kind of how it worked out for me. I was, I was broken down to nothing because that's what it took. I, I sort of feel like God, I had a pastor that, that said, God's like walking behind you with a lung cane it's kind of like the thing you might whip a horse with and you get off the path It gives you a little swat on one side and gets you back on it and i always think of it as as the way when you were a kid and you were acting up you got the look from your mom and then you got just different things and wait till your father gets home and sent to bed with no supper and it kept building up and if you'd have paid attention at any of those previous junctures and it wouldn't have gotten so bad right right, right and and so that's i i had to be beaten all the way down yes pretty much
0: it's a familiar story real familiar to me Mm. because mine sounds a lot like that and i can also notice that you're very very careful around hubris or pride or you know you know how important it is for us to be humble or we'll go or we could go right off that trail again right off that track again
2: yeah and in my view, that's really what the original sin boiled down to. Yeah. You know, Satan saying, I can be like the Most High, or I will be like the Most High, I'll set my seat above His. Yes. And He told Adam and Eve, it isn't that, you know, He's wanting what's good for you. He doesn't want you to be like He is, He doesn't want you to know what He knows. Yeah. That's why you can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we want yeah. we like that, I think. And Adam and Eve, or at least Eve, and then it was easy to convince Adam after that. She liked hearing that. Yeah, so that's a real danger. I I always want to be careful when people are thanking me and everything. Of course, you want to be gracious and all of that. But I I just have to tell people all the time, you know what? This is not me. Yes. (laughs) These things did not come out of me. If you knew me before Jesus, like if I'm talking to ladies, sometimes I'll say, I was that guy that your mother warned you about huh? and now I'm this, and that has nothing to do with what was inside of me and what comes out of me. That all came from Jesus.
0: Yeah. Wow. This flew by. We're all ready at an hour. Mm-hmm. We usually pray on the, on the way out. John, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Oh, so you're much.
2: welcome. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. It's really cool.
2: This is my favorite way to spend an afternoon. You know, um, I had a lady, I went to high school with who I haven't actually spoken face-to-face with in 25 years, get in touch with, with us and want to sit and talk to me about what's in the Bible. And of course, being who I am, I didn't take long to make that decision. I spent four hours sitting talking to her last Sunday. So
0: this is like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. It's on my mind more than anything else.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Hey, let us pray. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much that you are our heavenly father. I thank you, God, that you are with us on our best days and on our worst days. I thank you, God, that you were with us when we were still making ourselves your enemy and we saw you as an enemy. Lord, I thank you that when it all boils down, that you are God and we are not. I thank you, Lord, that you have not called us to do this alone, but that you've called us to connect with other people. And Lord, for some of us, that may be our next step to make a connection. With someone else lord for some of us our next step is to to seek to be that kindness that even leads to repentance that we've received from you lord i thank you so much for john i thank you god for his testimony i thank you lord for how you reached his heart and through him that you've reached so many other people i thank you god so much that all of this uh, when it boils down does make sense and even, even sense psychologically in so many ways, God, thank you that that you are whole and you don't separate out what works from what doesn't, but that, that you are who works and who works in us. And I thank you, God, for the chance to have a conversation about that. And Lord, I pray that you would go with us as we go today. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 If you like what you're hearing, join us at Patreon. You can talk to us personally there, get cool merchandise and exclusive video content and more. Just go to patreon.com and search for The Shepherd and the Shrink Podcast. You can get involved for as little as $1 a month.
1: Thanks for listening to The Shepherd and the Shrink Podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.